We started last week in this season of Easter, season between Easter and Pentecost, uh, to look at and walk through the, the farewell discourse of Jesus. Uh, his, his, in a sense, um, his uh, final words, his last will and testament, and, and the closing prayer that he'll bring at the uh, end of the, this uh, series of his last words to his disciples. And today, we uh, pick up at John 15. We started in chapter 14 last of, uh, of John. I started John 14 last Sunday. And uh, today, we'll pick up John 15, pages, uh, found on page 878 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to read along there, or you can follow along on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer. Because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. Because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In, in one overarching picture here, what Jesus is painting a picture, probably maybe even walking um, next to the temple, where on the temple there, there would have been pictures of, of vines and fruit. Because a vine was a, a, a usual biblical metaphor for Israel. And once again, he was taking the place of Israel, saying, now you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're now the branches, and and you will abide in me, you will grow, and you will bear fruit. What he wants his disciples to know at, at his departure is that they will have, and we will have, a living relationship with Jesus that bears fruit. A living relationship with Jesus that forms us to be more and more like Him. To, to steal uh, from Bob Dylan, you know, you're going to be formed 
by somebody. His song, and you're going to serve somebody. In our lives, we're going to be formed by somebody. We're going to abide in someone, in something. We're going to get our life, our sustenance, our direction from something. And Jesus is saying, be intentional. Know that you can be formed. You get your life from me. Don't know if you're familiar with the box watermelons. But it's a great example. Here's a picture of some box watermelons and how they were formed. They were grown in boxes. Makes them easier to store. Makes them easier to fit in the, fit in the refrigerator and easier to cut. A choice was made that the watermelon would grow into the shape of a box. So it was abiding in a box. Jesus is calling us to abide in Him so that our fruit looks more and more like Him. It's a a spiritual, a mystical relationship. One that is is beyond our ability to to comprehend and put down in in steps. It is a personal relationship. The old song, He walks with me, He talks with me, along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives? How? It's a great illustration of how songs form us. Jesus is saying, hang out with me. Abide with me. Remain with me. Live in me. How? You know, we can fill the word abide and fruit with all kinds of possibilities. But how does Jesus fill that out as we walk through this passage? The, The first six verses paint that picture of Relationship with Jesus, living, breathing relationship with Jesus, that forms us. Abide in me and you bear fruit. Well, uh, abide in me. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Tells us clearly. How do we abide in Jesus? His words abide in us. It's a simple We have the written word of God. And this word is then to abide in us. We've we've talked before. It's like flossing our teeth. We know it's good for us. We know we're supposed to do it daily. But for some reason we don't. And, And the same is true with the written word of God. We want Jesus to abide in us, then His Word abides in us. Regularly. To spend time in His Word. Any relationship needs a common language. We need to understand one another. 
understand the language that we use. And as Jesus' words abide in us, then our language becomes more His language. And we are formed by Him. I'm so thankful for our reformed heritage, our Presbyterian heritage, that we understand the written Word of God to be our authority above all else. That this relationship with Jesus will will be in accordance to God's Word. We, We want His Word to so abide in us so that Jesus runs through our veins. So that when we bleed, we bleed Jesus. That His words turn the other cheek, form us. Forgive 70 times 7. Form us. Love one another as I have loved you. Those words are the words that form us. Those words abide in us. And through those words abiding in us, Jesus abides in us. I love the picture that he paints for us here of pruning. As we're, we're vines... The, the, or Jesus, God is the vine and we are the branches. The, the branches are pruned. Branches are pruned uh, for one reason, because they're suckers. You know, there's, there's part of the branches that, that suck the life, but don't produce the fruit. I got a cherry tree in my front yard. And every three weeks I got to get under the thing because it's got all kinds of suckers growing out of the roots. Suck the life from the tree so that it doesn't produce as many flowers and fruits. What in your life do you need to prune? Because it's sucking the life from you. It's it's preventing you from abiding in Jesus. What in your life needs you need to set aside? For me, it was the morning newspaper. If I, I set it aside, I, I, I first read the scriptures before I read the morning newspaper. That's my habit now because, as you know, time, you know, we only have, we have all there is, but I can spend my time reading the newspaper. And before you know it, it's time to take a kid to school or to get on with what my next appointment is, and I haven't abided in the words of Jesus. It's a simple thing. What is it for you? You need to to prune so that you abide in the words of Jesus. You know, another reason to prune, another way that we prune is that we we change our habits because it's easy for our habits to become rote, to to lose their meaning and their their emphasis. And, and you know, in on grapevines, my understanding, grapevines only grow grapes. They only grow fruit on new wood. Wood that's over two years old has to be cut because it won't give any more grapes. That's why this is a living relationship. It's not a step one, two, three. It's a living relationship. Each of us will have different habits, different forms, different new things that we have to do so that we remain alive and fresh, abiding in Jesus. For me, it's been a good habit this year that we... That a fast yesterday, the, the Saturday before communion. No, no matter what, take, don't eat 
during the day. And that, that is amazing as the hunger pangs lead me to, why am I doing this? Oh yeah, to abide in Christ, to prepare for gathering at the table. We abide in Jesus by having a common language, by abiding in His Word. We abide in Jesus by having a mutual trust. A common trust. Verses 9 and 10. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Here's a a mutual trust. A mutual trust that shows itself in obedience. As as we abide in Him, abide in His Word, yet yet we keep His commandments and we abide in His love. That was a a regular prayer of the Apostle Paul. Uh, uh, Ephesians 1, 15 or Ephesians chapter 3 starting with verse 18. And his prayer over and over again for the the churches in, in Ephesus, Philippi, wherever, were that they would know Christ. That Christ would dwell in their hearts. That they would comprehend and know that which is unknowable, even to quote him directly. That they would know what is unknowable. The depth, the height, the length, and the width of the love of Jesus Christ. That this this relationship, this abiding in Jesus, develops a mutual trust being overwhelmed with His love for us. That's why we have communion monthly. We, we take this as a, a mystical, spiritual um, uh, presence of Christ. Just as we take bread and juice, and that nourishes us physically, we believe as we gather around the table that the Spirit of God is nourishing us spiritually in a way beyond what we can know. It's why every Sunday we gather and recount the story that in Jesus we are forgiven. We confess our sins, receive His forgiveness, and celebrate our pardon in Him. Verse 15 is a good illustration of this even. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. We're no longer just servants. What Steve was saying at the the beginning, it's not just a matter of getting our marching orders and going and doing them. It's a matter of enjoying God, of being with God, of abiding, of dwelling, of marinating in that love. Because we're not just servants. We are now friends to Jesus. Ministry partners, co-workers, fellow guests at the party that Jesus throws for us. I mean, and the picture that he paints is that he lets us in on the secret. He lets us in on what He's doing. He invites us in to to participate fully in what He is doing. I remember when my father started to do that with me when I was in high school. Sort of let me in on the finances of the family. Let, Let me in on helping to plan vacations. 
let me in on participating in the construction projects that go on in a house with children in December, if you understand what I'm saying. I was still a son, still had to obey, but he was letting me in as, as really a partner with him. Those last years that I lived at home. That's what Jesus is saying. We, we are his friends. He lets us in on the secret. He shows us, tells us why we are doing what we are doing. And then the fruit. The fruit. We have, we have a common language. We have a common trust. A common love. And now the fruit, again in verse 7. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The, the fruit then is a common goal. We become, as we abide in Jesus, as we live in the box, we take the shape of the box like a good watermelon should. And we are aligned then with His desires. As we get to know someone, you, you get to know what they like, right? As we know God, as we abide in Jesus, we know, we begin to learn and experience what breaks God's heart? What, what satisfies God's soul? What are the desires, the deepest desires of Jesus? I was so proud of myself when I returned from traveling with Chappie in the Middle East and visiting uh, a lot of the mission workers that we have in that area. Because when I was in Syria, I bought a tablecloth. Those of you who would have to know me a long time to know just how miraculous that is. And I came home and gave it to my wife, and it's her favorite one. After 21 years of marriage, I finally got a sense of who she is, what she likes. I even began to think miracle upon miracles. Let's see. What are the seat cushions around the dining room table? What do they look like? Think hard. Match those colors. And that's what happened because we've been living with each other for 21 years, sharing our lives with each other. Well, how much more so when we abide with our Creator, with our Savior, with our Lord, then our desires become aligned with His. It is not that He answers our prayer because somehow or another we have done enough work to get enough tokens to turn in to the divine vending machine. That is not what it is. God doesn't change at all, but we change as we abide in Him. And so our desires become His desires. As we abide in Jesus, we become more like Him and we're aligned with God's heart. That's why the session has recognized a failure on our part to make the spiritual formation, the Christian discipleship of adults, a prominent element of our priorities. A lot of other things became priorities and that sort of went to the wayside. And why now we're saying that must become primary. We've got to continue to support and help one another, prune one another, to abide in Jesus. Otherwise, we do nothing. How foolish of us to think 
that we're just going to get it. How foolish of us to think that somehow, well, we, we went through Sunday school up until high school, so now we got it. No, we need to regularly abide, be abiding in Jesus and be intentional about it all the more. As a church, we, we, we see that and pursue that as a vision. A vision that we believe has come from abiding in Jesus, marinating in His words, living in His love. And if we're doing that, then what Jesus says is abide in Him, then ask and the Father will give us. And I encourage you last Sunday to make it a regular prayer, a daily prayer. God, lead us to be that jubilee community you want us to be. Well, as I was doing that this this week, some words came to me that we'll pray during the pastoral prayer and pray regularly until God tells us to stop. Um, We can put them on the, the screen and we'll pray them in a little bit. But dear God, make us into your jubilee community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter the differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. It really flows out of Chapter 14 of John. Those of you that were here last week and remember. It's probably a small fraternity, but we're glad you're here. So the the fruit is a common goal that as we pray, God answers our prayers. But it's not because we've earned something. It's because we've been changed by abiding in Jesus. And the other fruit, verse 11. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We have a common pleasure. As we abide in Jesus, then His joy becomes our joy. So what we just prayed, and I talked about last week, we will celebrate Jesus no matter what the circumstances. If we are abiding in Him, it does not matter just how prevalent the swine flu might be. Our joy is in Him. We are not formed by the fears of this world. What's the worst thing that can happen? We die. Well, then we see Jesus face to face. We are formed by Him. He's the box in which we live. So we celebrate His joy as we abide in Him. Like Him, as the author of Hebrews said, for the joy set before Him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken His seat at the right hand of the throne of God. We are in a relationship, a living relationship with Jesus, like a branch in a vine that is in place so that we might produce fruit Be clear, the command here is abide. It's not go be joyful. Darn it, go be joyful. 
It's not the command. The command, abide in Jesus and the fruit will flow. And just like those that are running the marathon today, running, crawling, however, they're doing it. God bless them. They didn't just get up this morning and say, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon. I'm going to get up this morning and be joyful. No, they had to train. They had to abide in training, abide in running shoes so that they could run the marathon. That's for us. We, we abide in Jesus. We abide in His love. We surrender to His love. We rest in Him. And He does the work inside of us. Aligning us with His desire. Aligning us with His pleasure. Relationship with Jesus is alive and real today. For every one desires it. A common language, a common love, a common goal, and a common pleasure. May we abide in Jesus. Amen.